The NFL Draft is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. The Pittsburgh Steelers skeleton for the 90-man roster is now available to all of us. What are our thoughts on it? That is talking Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. Welcome into the Steelers Fix, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. Who else? Jeremy, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm excited to talk about the Steelers roster uh, after the draft picks have been inserted into it. The undrafted free agents added to the group. Have the Steelers hit 90 men actually on the roster at this point, or are they still a couple of players away? I think at one point they were still a couple of players away. They were at one point. I'm not sure exactly what gets the uh, to the 90. There was there was a difference in the amount of undrafted free agents that were initially reported, and then the undrafted free agents that were actually signed. There was like a one person difference that may have actually made the difference as to how many people are actually on the roster. But mm-hmm. as it pertains to the off season workouts, we got mini camps going. We've got we've got we're we're there already and seeing many of these guys that have been invited to minicamp maybe looking for a roster spot on the 90 man roster uh, a lot of that news will probably be coming in the next couple of weeks i'm sure uh, but jeremy it's always interesting to talk about after the draft just reevaluating the positions going position by position just seeing maybe this there's certain spots where the steelers could add something after roster cutdowns, if they have mm-hmm. enough money. I mean, I think this is something that every fan base does, but not every fan base can do – not any fan base can do anything about, but not every team can do anything about, depending on where they're at financially. But looking at it in a grand scheme of things after free agency, after the draft, what is your biggest takeaway from evaluating the Steelers roster from top to bottom right now? Well, I think the areas that most of us identified as weaknesses, the Steelers made moves at. Now, we'll talk about a a unit that the Steelers really didn't make any specific move uh, in the draft to, I guess, fortify the unit, but they did make some moves in free agency to kind of change up the style of which that unit plays, and we still felt that it was a weak area of the roster going into the draft, and still, since it wasn't addressed, feel that way as well. But overall, I think when you look at where the Steelers felt like they had holes. They put plug and play players in those holes in the draft. And you hope these guys work out, obviously. But for now, the way they're they were projected going into the draft, that the type of players that they were ex- that they're expected to be, you could say the Steelers added some potential starters in 2023 in the draft to those spots. So I think that's my biggest takeaway: is that yeah, the spots we uh, we thought they should address, for the most part, they addressed. Well, for all of you listening, before we get into the topic of today's show, let me remind you that this is brought to you today by the all-new Steel Curtain Network, which is part of the all-new Fans First Sports Network. Be sure to go and check us out on Twitter at Steel C Network as well as at Fans First SN. You can also check out our NFL exclusive page at FFSN underscore NFL. Be sure to check out our other podcasts as well. We have so many different podcasts, but we do want to highlight the other ones that are on Tuesday as well. Of course, this runs at noon Eastern on Tuesday. But we are preceded by the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict. And we also have the Scobro Show on Tuesday night, which I always enjoy jumping in the live chat when I get the opportunity. During the summertime is typically when I have the most time. During the school year, it's a little bit difficult. And this week is finals week. So Wednesday is my last day of finals, uh, my sophomore year of college. So... Excited to get that 
done, completed. It's always interesting with the draft just finishing and mm-hmm. the spring is just a blur. It goes by so fast and you can't really soak everything in. But back to the topic of today's show, Jeremy, let's let's talk about rookie minicamp for a second. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, one thing that you mentioned in our notes today was chemistry building. You know, what are some of the things that you are keeping an eye on as it pertains to this specific rookie minicamp? Yeah, so you got you've got a guy in Joey Porter Jr. that's pretty familiar with the Steelers, uh, obviously because of his dad's presence there over the years as player and coach, and then his friendship with Dino Tomlinson or uh, Tomlinson, Dino Tomlin, <laughs> Mike Tomlin's son. That's what I meant to say. Um, so you've got you've got that that built into him already. But for these other guys. You know, you're talking about players who've never stepped into this facility before, never really met the staff of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So for me, it's a time to to build chemistry amongst the young guys coming in, the new faces coming in, build some camaraderie there so that they enter training camp, they enter OTAs in the next phase of everything that the Steelers will be doing this offseason with as much familiarity with the Steelers facility, the UPMC Rooney sports complex, the coaching staff, just so that they have a leg up when they're trying to learn playbooks and, and get installed into offenses and defenses and schemes, especially when you're talking about guys that are looking to step into starting roles. Like we've talked about Broderick Jones, Joey Porter, Jr. uh, Keanu Benton, these guys, Darnell Washington will have a role in this offense. He might, he's not going to be a starting tight end most times, but when you talk about just the role that he's going to play, how quickly he can install himself into it is going to be huge. That's what rookie minicamps all about. And I'm watching one rookie in particular, Andrew, it's Nick Herbig because I'm super intrigued about what the Steelers want to do with him when he was initially drafted Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan said he's he's an outside linebacker for us. That's where we're going to start him, but we appreciate his versatility. Omar Khan comes out later and says we really appreciate his versatility. There's a chance <laughs> he could be inside linebacker for us. So you know maybe maybe that's kind of that's a player that I'm really interested to see where he finds his role in this defense because I think he can be impactful if he's inserted correctly and given an opportunity to use his strengths if he's asked to be tj watt off the edge it's not going to happen so we need to temper expectations for specific areas but how can he help us in the immediate and areas that uh, we think could be needful areas for him to fill and nick herbig's performance early on could really determine whether the steelers feel they need to address inside linebacker when roster cutdowns happen they don't have much depth uh there's a few guys, but nothing, you know, I mean, Mark Robinson, I guess is the other guy that you're looking to hopefully step up into that spot. But Darnell yeah. Washington is the guy that I'm looking at. Jeremy a guy from the medical reasons that we had yeah. discussed when he was drafted with the knee concerns, see how healthy he is at the beginning of the year. What is his usage early on? I want to see how mm-hmm. the Steelers liked it. Try to utilize him. Are they going to move him around? Or are they just going to keep him in line? You can do just about anything with this guy. So it's interesting to see how much they're going to move him around or if they're just going to keep him in one spot and let him maintain the same role. Here's an underrated part of his game, Andrew, I think, at the NFL level. Hands team. Get him on hands team on onside kicks and things like that. That dude's going to be a wrecker. <laughs> that is a very, very good point. And we'll see what ends up happening with 
onside kicks going forward. We can get into that whole topic another day. Uh, but maintain yeah. the onside kick. There's something about the onside kick. You know, don't give this, you know, stupid fourth and 15 garbage. You know, don't mess with the game. Anyway. Yeah, but revamp it and, and make it work for the offense every now and then again. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Let's get into the true topic of today's show, though. Now, it's weaknesses, strengths of the Steelers roster from a post-draft perspective. And, Jeremy, let's start off with the position that you and I both agree is a strong position for the Steelers. It's a little bit broad. It's not one specific position, but it is the area of pass catching. The Steelers pass catchers, they've come up with quite a core. They've come up with a basketball team for the most part. We talk about the Chargers continuing to add big wide receivers and big tight ends. The Steelers yeah. are doing the exact same thing. Outside of Deontay Johnson and Anthony Miller, the Steelers wide receiver and tight end room is full of giants. Yeah. Yeah, but also they've got guys that can do everything. So uh, not necessarily one guy who can do it all, kind of the Antonio Brown of the group. I don't see the Steelers having that player specifically. But imagine with me, Andrew, that George Pickens becomes an A.J. Green type player for the Pittsburgh Steelers in his second year. I think that you're talking about a group that could go from good, maybe even very good to, to a special to elite. When you talk about George Pickens being the monster on the perimeter, the, the traditional X that just takes over games. And then you've got Deontay Johnson who can get open. You know, it's, it's so overblown how good he is at getting open. You know, we don't really need to dwell on it, but that's his strength. That's what he does for this team. Um, Allen Robinson has a chance to kind of rebound and be another one of those see ball, get ball type players, 50, 50 specialists, maybe even a big slot receiver that the Steelers like to use. You've got Calvin Austin, the third that we haven't even seen yet, who can take the top off of defense without even really thinking about it. He can be shifty underneath. He can be a gadget type player. You've got Anthony Miller and guys that, that can be solid depth for this roster. So really from top, to bottom you've got guys who can do everything and you've got enough really good to solid players that if one of these guys goes down for two or three games you still have players who can step in and and get it done and make it work if George Pickens goes down Allen Robinson can move out to his spot and then you've got guys who can come in Anthony Miller um, CA3 that can that can fill that slot role and and help the Steelers out there you know, you might have to switch up some of the way you design plays, some of the way you you attack defenses, but you're not you're not, for lack of a better term, done. You know, at that position, you're not. It's it's not become a weakness for your roster. So I think fantastic. And then when you talk tight ends, they can do a little bit of everything as well. Pat Frymouth is kind of your. I mean, he could be the Steelers slot receiver most of the time, and you're looking really good there. Um, he can also step in and block if he needs to. He's not superb at it, but he can get the job done. And then you've got Darnell Washington, who just can do whatever you want. So I think you're talking about a room, pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends, even the running backs. They can make this offense go in ways we haven't seen in a while for the Steelers. Absolutely. Anthony Miller's a guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, the Steelers brought back Miles Boykin. There's going to be some competition in the back end of that. I'm curious to see if the Steelers use Calvin Austin as a kick and punt returner, or at least attempt to, and see if he can kind of be this Cavante Turpin uh, that the Cowboys had this past year. See if the Steelers can get that type of production out of Calvin Austin, who 
just with as it, being a, a kick returner sometimes is to your advantage if you are extremely small because it's hard to find you when you're coming straight in the other direction. You got the quickness, full speed, yeah, yeah. It, it is hard to bring you down. So that's the area. I, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'm not even going to add to it. Defensive line. This is interesting because the Steelers continuously added. It seems like every week throughout the offseason, we were seeing the Steelers adding a new defensive lineman, yeah. whether it be Fahoko or Armin Watts or somebody. They kept on bringing in guys, and then they go out and draft Keanu Benton, who's obviously going to be that starter. At least it appears to be that way uh, at the beginning of the year. He's going to be playing the nose. Uh, what do you think of this defensive line group as a whole? Because I think we both agree, despite the age of the injury concerns of Ogunjobi, the age of Cam Hayward, it's yeah. still one of the strengths of this defense. Yeah, absolutely. I think they can set the tone on defense when you include the the pass rushers in on that. Obviously, that that front that front five, whatever it's going to be, most of the time, five or six guys, they can make they they can make or break games for your defense. And I feel more comfortable talking about this group from a depth perspective. Like as a whole, there's just there's just so many players that you'd feel comfortable if they had to spot start for a guy for a game or two. Obviously if Cam Hayward goes down for the season, then you've got an issue potentially, but I mean, you've got guys that that can step in and uh, guys who can fill individual roles. And as Mike Tomlin is, is want to say when a a superstar goes down, you're not going to replace him with one guy. So you're going to need a team effort. I think the Steelers have that team behind these guys to, put that effort forward. They still got Montrevious Adams, Isaiah Loudermilk, maybe another year of development for him improves his stock. Keanu Benton adding to that defensive front who can play multiple spots there. He's not strictly a nose tackle, but I just like the, the overall group. I think that they can work well together and be a strength for this team for sure. Yeah. I like, I'm curious to see what, contributions the Steelers can get from a guy like Armin Watts, a guy who's kind of been on the fringe of being starter material. He's had to spot start. He's had to spot start for lengths of time, even with Minnesota. I'm curious to see what role he has in Pittsburgh, obviously barring an injury that would cause him to be playing a lot, but interior offensive line, uh, let's split this up because there's two different aspects with the offensive tackle edition of Broderick yeah. Jones and the two interior editions of both uh, Nate Herbig and right. Isaac Sumalo. Uh, so let's let's discuss the interior of the offensive line first, because this is how the Steelers always tend to build their offensive lines. They build the interior first and then work their way out. What do you feel about this? Everyone seems to have their own opinions on Mason Cole. I thought he did really good last year. I thought he was a yeah. solid center. He played well with James Daniels. I think the biggest thing I'm looking for at this area is who's playing left and right guard. Because James Daniels, in my opinion, if I'm the one in control – I'm moving him back to left guard. That's where, he, yeah. in my opinion, he played better yet. He did better as the year went on this past year. But I'd rather move him to left guard and keep Samala at right. Samala's played both as well as Daniels. But I like Daniels better on the left just because of his quick feet, his pass protection skills. I really like him. And Samala, I'm not going to complain with either because these are guys are both great pass blockers. And Samala, you could argue, is even better. But I like Samala's feistiness on the right side. I think it would really help Chukumo Korofor's play and maybe his lack of yeah. – punch in the run game just he's always been a little bit soft and that that was a knock on him coming out of college where what would you do along the interior of the line and what do you believe the state is of this interior line i i really like the interior of this offensive line i think it can be one of the nfl's best by the end of the year and i 100 agree with you and it's going to come down to 
the team's philosophy, I think. Do they want to have one side of the offensive line that's just a mauling group of guys? So you, if so, you, you keep Daniels at right guard and you plug in Siamalu on the left and you let him and Broderick Jones just just punch holes in defenses and and that's your, the strong side of your line and you make the right side your finesse side. That's typically backwards of how teams build it. But I think the Steelers would be best suited to do the flip-flop like you're saying because then you balance out that whole unit. And Siamalu can help out a core four on the right-hand side and kind of be the, the, the strength to his finesse, if you will. And then Daniels and Broderick Jones can kind of do that for each other on, on the left side as well with Mason Cole anchoring the middle, being kind of the, the smart veteran who, who handles the, the packages and, and schemes calling out the block schemes up front, taking some of the pressure off Kenny Pickett to be able to recognize all that stuff. So to me, they've got a really good shot to even out this offensive line and and make it make it a strength all the way around. So that's what that's the direction I would go with it if I were Steelers brass, but I'm not. I honestly think that with the addition of Sumala, I think we've seen even better Mason Cole ne- this next year. You have two Pro Bowl guards you're playing alongside. That takes a lot of the pressure off Mason Cole to just do his thing. So I really like the interior of the offensive line. I agree. I'm curious to see. And I'll just ask you this question before we move on. Do you think the Steelers are able to garner anything for Kevin Dotson in trade? Do you think the Steelers keep him as depth, or do you think he gets just cut? He could just get cut. I don't see him garnering much trade value at this point because what what is it, his fourth year? Yeah. You're, you're looking at a guy who's the three-year development arc that teams like to use. You know, you want to see a guy peak at in his third season typically – um, he's he's past that now, and I think unless you you've got a team who's who's just not doing well at, at guard anyway, and they have an injury there, and they're desperate at the trade deadline, and you can get a sixth round pick two years from now or something like that. I don't know. You know, that's kind of the only the only comp that that would make sense for for a guy like uh, for for Dodson. So I would say. If the team does move on from him, it's going to be in cuts. Uh, and, you know, you hate to see a guy who has worked hard and has been been there for the team, had a lot of a lot of promise after his rookie season go down that way. But it, it seems like it's trending that direction. Who knows? The Steelers may decide to keep an extra offensive lineman, uh, hoping to counteract any regression from their their year of amazing health last year. And you kind of don't want the the good luck to turn into really bad luck. So they might kind of hold on to somebody that way. If not, Dodson's always a guy they could bring back as well. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It seems like every team has that guy. They feel like they can get something for them in a trade, but it will come around the roster guy. I just get the sense that he's going to get cut. He's going to be that surprise cut that not many people necessarily expect, but people understand why wasn't a horrible guard for the Steelers, but just we didn't see any progression. Let's before we go to the break, Jeremy, we have a debate. We I think we can both agree that kind of the in the in between category is quarterback. I I don't necessarily think the Steelers have a high end elite quarterback in Kenny Pickett, but I think they have a good starter. And I think they have a high quality backup, one of the best backups in the league in Mitchell Trubisky. After that, We'll see what happens. I I'm really hoping Tanner Morgan is not the third quarterback, but we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that another day. 
running back can kind of be the same way. And I think Master Teague could play an impact on how deep that position ends up being. Yes. If the Steelers can hold on to him. But safety. Hmm. Why do you believe that safety is a position of strength for the yeah. Steelers? Is it just Minka or is there more well, to it? Yeah. So, I I mean, you got to start with Minka because he's, he's the bread and butter of the secondary. He's what uh, churns the butter, if you will, back there and makes it work. But I think you're talking about Keanu Neal at strong safety, mixing him in with um, losing the name Andrew, the guy they brought back, instead of Terrell Edmonds, KZ. Yeah, Demonte KZ. They got to quit it with the with the K names. They're killing me here on the secondary. But yeah, Keanu Neal, Demonte KZ, and then you've got you still got Trey Norwood as kind of your fourth safety there and remind me the roster do they still have miles there was another yeah miles killabrew that's right so you're talking about a a unit that has depth in both sides so if you're talking about free safety you've got minka who can handle that better than anybody but he likes to come up in that robber position in the box you know Steelers like to use him there so when you when you do that and you and you put KZ back at free safety, I like that move. And Keanu Neal, he's not as he's not the player he was, but I still think the the smarts and the physicality are there, and he can be at least what Terrell Edmonds was for this defense uh, from a, from a skill standpoint. Now he'll he'll need time to adapt, but and, and grow in this defense. But if you're talking Trey Norwood, Miles Killebrew are your fourth and fifth safeties, then. To me, that that talks about a, a good safety roster, good depth there, and, and then you've got Mika Fitzpatrick, who's all world, supplemented by two very solid starting options beside him. And I think it makes it a strength when you combine that with the depth pieces behind them that can fill in in spot starts, and you feel fairly comfortable with them playing a game or two in place of of one of your better players. I, the reason I disagree is that I just don't see what the Steelers' plan is at strong safety. I do not see Keanu Neal as a starting safety. He's been in just a rotational role for a couple years now. He was never a, an extreme athlete coming into the league, and he's only lost a step. And I do have concerns about what his range is. Does he have enough range? I know Minka can cover a lot of ground in the back, but when you do bring him downhill, you're asking that strong safety to cover a good bit of ground. You're also asking him to cover tight ends which is something the Steelers used with Terrell Edmonds, that's not exactly Keanu Neal's forte. And I have some worries about that. I don't think KZ is going to play strong either. I think the Steelers are going to utilize him in more of a free safety nickel role. He'll be using three safety sets. And I think KZ is the better overall player than Neal. But at the end of the day, he's not a strong safety. So you're not going to align him there. Miles Kilbrew can play strong. But again, I I love him on special teams. Don't really want to see him on the field, though, for much else than that. I, I don't know. I, I just love Terrell Edmonds, and I, he yeah. was a perfect fit for what the Steelers did. And I felt like the Steelers really hurt themselves, especially seeing after how little he signed for. I, I mean, if, this, if the Steelers would have offered him $5 million, even if it was above what market value was, I think it would have been worth it, considering how much value he gave the Steelers as a run defender and as a cover of tight ends in AFC yeah. North that has Mark Andrews, David Njoku. They have some good tight ends. So that, that, that's where I lie at safety. We can, you know, go back and forth on this, but I, I, that is why I'm not a fan of it. I wouldn't be, sh- hmm. 
I personally, I would be willing to add another veteran, but I'm not sure who you end up cutting at that point, unless you plan to use Neil as the the special teams option and you get rid of Miles Killebrew. But I would be looking at the after a roster cut down, seeing if the Sears can bring in someone. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I just I'm I'm a little higher on Neil than you are. I think I I think he fits the Edmonds role a little bit better than than maybe you do. So that's just kind of where where my comfort level lies with it is that for what the Steelers ask of their strong safety, you know, the, the package defense that they're they're they like to play a lot of where they've got extra corners on the field and, you know, a couple linebackers still, and maybe only one safety and, and that's Minka and then Keanu or um, uh, Casey is your, is your nickel or can drop back to the, the free safety slot and let Minka play up and strong in Robber, whatever you want to call it, and, and just kind of let that rotation happen. I think that, that that works as well. So to me, it's just it's, it's a versatile group. It's a group that can that can gel well together, I think. And that's just where I come off with it being a strength of the of the unit as opposed to a weakness. And I'm not I'm not gonna say, you know, this this safety group is going to be the reason that this secondary is really good you're going to need the cornerbacks to be better than they were last year with losing Terrell Edmonds but I do think that they are strong enough that they're not going to be a a big time hole when you talk about defenses being able to attack that position group or offenses being able to attack that position group Keanu Neal can hit I will give them that but anyway, Steelers fans, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at positions the Steelers may need to address a little bit more than others. We've gotten down the strengths, but what positions are left? Yeah, those are the positions we're talking about next. Positions the Steelers really need to add something at before the season begins. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts back with you talking about positions of weakness on the Steelers' current roster. Jeremy, the Steelers made more moves than just about any at the position of inside linebacker. They lost three, they added two, and then they've just had a flux of different guys that they brought in. Of course, we talked about Nick Herbig earlier this uh in the show and talked about the potential of him potentially playing linebacker. And you also have Mark Robinson. There's other guys there. What, how bad of a weakness do you think the Steelers need is? I just think they're, they're very specialized in what they're going to do. The starters are, I think they're, they're both when you talk about Cole Holcomb and Elandon Roberts, they're both downhill punch you in the mouth hitters at linebacker. And that's, that's great. But how, how many downs can you keep them on the field? What's, what's going to be their limit there? Mark Robinson had some flashes last season, but they were so few and far between you. You'd got to think that that's not going to be a, a, an area of comfort for the Steelers. If, if he's pressed into starting duties early in the season. So and then Nick Herbig, when you talk about being drafted 
the Steelers said right out of the gate, this guy is an outside linebacker for us. And, but we appreciate his versatility. We think he can, he can move around. So, you know, that, that doesn't strike a lot of confidence in me that, Hey, this guy was, was picked to solve our inside linebacker issue. And would he even do that to me? He's, he's a blitzing linebacker that hits. If you're talking about him as an inside linebacker, I don't think he's going to get out in coverage and, and be a lockdown coverage linebacker. So the Steelers really don't, Andrew, they don't have a coverage linebacker on this team for the first time in, in years. I mean, Ryan Shazier was brought in to be that type of linebacker, the rangy sideline to sideline guy that can cover. And it seems like all the Steelers have been doing since his injury is trying to find the replacement for that. Well, not this year. It, it's like they decide, well, we can't find the replacement. So forget about it. We're not, we're not going to even, mess with it anymore let's just get a bunch of guys who can hit you hard talk trash to you and we'll take them off the field when it comes to passing downs because we've got three or four safeties and three or four corners that we'd be more comfortable having on the field so it's very interesting to me how the Steelers plan to handle this I'm not saying Alandon Roberts and Cole Holcomb can't be good at what they do well on first and second down making teams think less and less about trying to run the football and more and more about how they're going to, to stay balanced, you know, because the Steelers really trying to take away the run and force teams to get the ball up in the air to their takeaway prone secondary. So uh, it's going to be very intriguing, but if you look at the position group right now, it, it just doesn't pop to you as anything, but uh, this could be a disaster if we have to rely on these guys to, cover tight ends across the middle of the field or running backs out of the backfield in an explosive AFC that they're trying to be contenders in. Yeah. I think the wild card is Tay Crowder who was on the practice squad last year, but a guy who started pretty much a full season for the New York giants and was a tackle machine for them. You know, six foot one, 235 pounds. He has some athleticism, enough athleticism Mm to be kind of a do-it-all guy. He's going to be more of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He's not going to be an elite coverage linebacker, but he can cover probably better than either of the Steelers' current two starters, even despite the Cole Holcomb's athleticism. He's not that cover guy. We've discussed that after the signing was announced. But, yeah, what concerns me is the fact that the Steelers have neither a cover linebacker who can cover tight ends, nor do they have a strong safety that can cover tight ends. Mm. That is what is most concerning to me. I, and I mean, in three safety packages, are you going to put KZ on a tight end? A little small. Yeah. Uh, not sure Big if he's going to bring the guy down in the open field. You know, the, the, that is an area that if there's one thing on the defensive side of the ball that I'm most concerned about, it would be the Steelers' ability to cover tight ends right now. From strong safety to inside linebacker, the Steelers have no one right now that you can trust on a yeah. tight end. I mean, are you going to slide Patrick Peterson into the slot, play Joey and Levi outside, and then put Peterson on a tight end? I mean, yeah. the, the Steelers, I'm sure they have something planned, but as of right now, there isn't anything that looks good on paper as it pertains to coverage against tight ends. But there's two other positions, Jeremy, we got to talk about before we close out the show. Edge rusher and corner. These are two positions that you labeled as injury away from a problem, and I can't yeah. say I disagree. What do you have to add as it pertains to Let's start off with edge. What do you yeah. feel is the outlook for this yeah. position right now, which 
has absolutely no depth at all. The Steelers, yeah. we thought we we're going to add someone here outside of Nick Herbig. Again, they did yeah. not add anyone. Do you see this team adding someone before the season begins? Or do you think they, you know, is it Jameer Jones? Is it, do they add, <laughs> do they bring in someone that they brought in before? I mean, they, they have to, right. They have to bring in somebody because I mean, if Nick Herbig is your third pass rusher and one of these guys goes down, then you're hamstrung uh, at outside linebacker at edge rusher. And so then the other wild card here is to Marvin Leal. Is that a guy that they're, they're bumping outside as the third edge rusher? Is that who they see as their third edge rusher? And if that's the case, I think you still got a problem because he's not an edge rusher. He's a tweener on the defensive line. He's best as a five technique. And you're talking about a guy that, yeah, he stood up a little bit, but if, if, if he were to ever get caught in between and, and be asked to drop in coverage, then you're in major trouble. So I, I like Nick Herbig. I'm not going to deny that I don't like him I or that I like him. I think that he's, he's got potential, but if you're asking the rookie to, to kind of be your, your filling in case of emergency at outside linebacker and inside linebacker, then you're setting him up to fail and you're setting yourselves up to fail. I think they've got to add somebody down the road with some edge experience that's willing to, to be a third edge rusher on the team behind Watt and Highsmith. Now, let me say this. The reason to me, this is an injury away from a problem is because as long as Watt and Highsmith are healthy, this is the best pass rush duo in the league and they will wreck shop all game long and it's going to be it's going to be next to impossible for offenses to contain both of these guys on any given play so keeping these guys healthy is is the season if you will as the the defense stands right now because outside of the pass rush from these two guys and what they make offenses do to protect against them who he got, it's not going to work out great. So if they're healthy, this pass rush has no issue. You're going to need a guy to, to rotate and in, in and keep these guys fresh. So as, as a, as for that kind of role, I like Nick Herbig a lot, but if you're asking him to fill spot starts for two or three games, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm wondering if the Steelers view Nick Herbig as the third edge rusher, and we were talking a minute ago about the guy who could cover tight ends and be that coverage linebacker. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Steelers view Tanner Muse as that Ooh. and have a bigger role for him than what we expect. Something to keep an eye on going forward. Not sure what the Steelers have planned. They just have a lot of hybrid guys, and it's hard to project what they're going to do exactly in many different packages. We know they're going to be running a lot of sub packages. Very little will they be out of the traditional 3-4, uh, which has been trending toward that for a while, but it's yeah. only going to continue under Terrell Austin. Corner. Yeah. Patrick Peterson, obviously the age is a concern. I believe he still has a lot left in the tank, Jeremy, and can be a high-quality starter for the Steelers if yeah. he stays healthy. And I, I think I think the biggest thing that determines this is how quickly can Joey Porter Jr. get acclimated to the NFL. I mean, we've seen some corners the past few years. Sauce Gardner comes to mind. A lot of these higher-caliber corners that we've seen, Tyson Campbell – uh, there's been guys who have come in immediately and been contributors. Jalen Johnson, a few years back with Chicago. Uh, do you think Pat, uh, Joey Porter Jr. can be that guy that steps in immediately? Or do you think that this is a position the Steelers, it's Peterson, Levi Wallace on the outside, 
and who knows in the slot. And if anyone gets injured, the Steelers are in trouble. I don't think it's necessarily that deep, but I think you can consider if you listen to the great Steeler fan, Dave Damashek from all his years gone by with the NFL. And I think he's got his own podcast. Now he goes through his Jenga pieces for, for teams. And I think Patrick Peterson could be a complete Jenga piece for the Steelers defense, especially in the secondary uh, meaning if you pull this guy out due to injury, the whole thing could collapse. <laughs> so, and, and the reason is you got to have his versatility on the field to, to be able to play some man, but to offer that zone coverage ability. Cause if you're going to, if, if you're going to rely on Joey Porter jr. To step in for an injury and have to be the guy who is versatile and, and multi multiple on defense, then I, I think you're you're setting him up for a rough rookie year because that's not who he is. If he can come in and just be the press man corner that puts his arms in a guy's face and in a guy's pads and says, you're not going anywhere until I want you to or until I have to let you, and then I'm going to stick like glue to your hip pocket the whole time, that's Joey Porter Jr. But if you're asking him to, to drop back and keep his eye on, on the quarterback and watch the, the coverage and the, and the route concepts – play out in front of him and, and make decisions on the ball. And, and then you're asking for trouble. And I think Levi Wallace, he's, he's going to be all right at that, but we've, we've seen his, how, how much he can give as, as well, his, his limitations as well. So if one of these other guys goes down, not Patrick Peterson for a little while, I think the Steelers can ride that out. But if Patrick Peterson goes down, man alive, this, this could get rough real quick in my opinion. So that's why I say, an injury away it's to this player specifically uh, whereas for the edge rushers it doesn't matter if it's watt or highsmith if one of those guys goes down then i don't trust whoever they have at three to come in and give similar production uh, off the edge if levi wallace goes down if you have to throw in a rookie how how much worse can the bad moments be than levi wallace's bad moments where guys are running wide open down the sideline for touchdowns. And I know you like his big playability as well, but it's just one of those things where I think that specific player, Patrick Peterson, if he goes down, then you've got an issue. Yeah. I don't want Levi Walsh as the number one guy, but number two, I thought he did a good job down the stretch last year, became a lot more consistent with me. I like, I like Peter or Joey Porter jr. Enough from a schem from a schematically versatile standpoint to where I don't think this position is necessarily in danger. Sure. If Peterson gets injured, but at the same time, it does mean nobody else can get hurt. And right, right now the Steelers have barely enough depth to where the, they can make something happen on the outside. That's special, especially as Peters as uh, Porter gets incorporated. We're going to have so much issues this year with Peterson Porter talking about the right ones. I hate all these P's. Yeah. All the P's, all the K's, man. Oh, my goodness. But I am concerned about the slot. This year's brought in Shannon Sullivan. We didn't really talk about that last week on the show because we were talking about the draft and the recap. But he's he does not tackle well. And yeah. that is the big concern that I have. He's not a good open field tackler. I'll still take him over off of the mullet any day. But in my perfect world, I'm willing to play Joey Porter Jr. as early as I have to on the outside in order to move Levi Wallace inside to the slot. I know that's not going to That happen, makes a lot of sense, yeah. But I like Levi Wallace's physicality, his versatility, and he played well at the slot in Buffalo. You could argue he was better on the outside, but he's was 
able to play both, and you saw him produce in that slot. That's honestly where I would put him, whereas lack of speed is not as big of an issue. Obviously, Shannon Sullivan, extreme athlete outside of straight line speed. Mm-hmm. Levi Wallace, good athlete outside of straight line speed, but uh, a guy who is as well schematically versatile, especially if you put him in the slot, you can allow him to man up a little bit more if he's going to have help on top with a safety o- over the top. I feel like that's the best way to go, and it will also give Joey Porter Jr. exposure. I mean, he went back to, for, to school for another reason, and that was to be more prepared and be more NFL ready, and I feel yeah. like he did exactly that by going back. I think he can start day one. I don't think the Steelers are going to start him day one, but is there anything else you want to add on this, Jeremy? No, I think I think I said it all maybe too much. Uh, I have very strong feelings on these two positions. I just think that they're – the Steelers – have an issue, especially at edge rusher more than cornerback, but they have an issue at edge rusher. If like we saw last year, TJ Watt goes down and the whole first half of your season, it's survival mode. At that point, if TJ Watt hadn't gone down, I think that's a playoff team last year because I think they win two more games during that time frame, just because of what he does for the team. But you're, you're just, you think they learned their lesson with how it it shook out last year but you're going into 2023 with the same problem if 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 TJ Watt goes down and now you've got Alex Highsmith too who who is such a an impact player on the edge teams are going to have to account for that now because of what he did last year so one of those two guys goes down and you're going to have a problem well serious fans it's been fun but it's time to get into what is coming up next on behindthesteelcurtain.com do not forget about that website just because we are on our new podcast platform does not mean to ignore disregard behind the steel curtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers we still have a lot of great content coming out there Jeremy what do you have coming up this week power rankings might be out already I'm not sure when Jeff's got it scheduled but power rankings will be out and then I'm also going to I did um, pro comps for the Steeler draft picks on Jeff's let's ride on Friday last week and I'm uh, going to do an article just reiterating that. So you can check that out there if you missed the show. Or you can go back and listen to the show and read the article. It's up to you. If you can't get enough Jeremy Betts, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> this week's a humbling one for me at the website. Because I am writing. It, I already wrote an article. I'm not sure where it's, when it's going to run. But an article on why I was wrong about Omar Khan and the Steelers front office. So, And then the other article is my way too early 2024 mock draft. Which is very humbling just in general doing a mock this early but, but andrew, anyway andrew the crow never tasted sweeter though right with omar the omar khan thing oh yeah absolutely i'm not regretting having to write that article but it is something that does have to be written after yeah. my criticism but uh it gives me more excited for the 2024 draft which we're gonna have to talk about in the coming weeks but jeremy it's been fun you have a good night steelers you fans too. you as well have a great week we'll see you next week on the steelers fix